energy is everything. Energy runs the show. And if we've got a mindset block, if we've got an emotional block, if we've got an identity block, doesn't matter what it is, if you distill it, it's actually energy. Everything is energy. So if you want to really make tangible change in your life, the most efficient way of doing that is to work at the energetic root. Hello, and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected, and it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our God, our body. And I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection, so the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses. Things like synchronicities and coincidences are just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we, we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So excited to have you here today and very excited to welcome my guest to introduce you to her and to talk about energy and our bodies. So Gabrielle Pimstone worked in corporate psychology in a career for 27 years. A chance podcast encounter altered the course of her life, and she is now an energy coach, helping those that feel burnt out and stuck. She teaches powerful energy techniques for self-healing and navigating life transitions so that people can live with renewed purpose and passion. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Thank you so much, Karen. It is really wonderful to be here. And that was a very succinct introduction. I feel like you've done my work for me. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm really curious how you got here. And in the intro, I mentioned that it was a podcast encounter. So do you want to tell us just briefly what happened? You know, how long were you in this career? And then all of a sudden, what happened? It was one of those kind of baptism by fire moments, for sure. 9th of August, 2020. I remember it was Sunday. I live in Sydney, Australia. It was a beautiful day. Sun was shining. I woke up with the most awful anxiety. And I'd I'd been living with it for a long time, probably most of my life, but it was exacerbated because I was in this job that was really, it was killing me. And I was getting sick. I had my thyroid problems came back. I wasn't sleeping. I'd isolated, et cetera, et cetera. So I took myself off for this walk and I listened to put on my headphones, listened to this podcast. And this woman on the podcast was talking about her daughter, who had been involved many years before in a terrible car accident and had to learn to walk again. Fast forward, it was 10 years later, the young woman had learned to walk again. She was now expecting her first baby. Now, the mother who was being interviewed on the podcast was talking about all this joy that was happening in her life, but she couldn't enjoy the moment. And she kept talking about living in an invisible spiritual prison in your head. And that she couldn't enjoy the moment because she kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And when I heard those words, I was like, her story is my story. And it suddenly was like a mirror. I saw my life. 
And I realized that I don't just want to do something, I need to do something to change it. So it was very much an awakening for me. And then I dialed up my spiritual practice and got into this particular modality. That's really hard when you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. I know I've been in that position at some times. So you talked about dialing up your spiritual practice. So you had some kind of a practice prior to this? Very loose, very loose. I kind of used to say affirmations. I would sometimes, you know, just lie in bed and try and meditate. I've been doing yoga for 30 years. So that's a kind of a spiritual practice. Very loose. But what I did actually that afternoon when I got home, I started, I don't know if you know, Deepak Chopra's got all these 21 day challenges and I started doing them back to back. They're incredible. I did one for gratitude. I did one for abundance did one for purpose. I just did them back to back. And then I started reading and following people that resonated and just learning different techniques, practicing. And then I had another awakening about a year later, and it came at just the right time because I was now really ready to leave the corporate world. And then I, like an advert came up on Instagram like they do. There was a guy that was doing a three-day workshop He looked relatable at some level, went to the three-day workshop. It had a lot of resonance with me, and I landed up studying with him, and that's how it came about. But it wasn't like a switch flicked. I mean, it was in my mind, but I took about another year and a half to extricate myself from a career I'd been in for 27 years. It's no mean feat. It's it's a challenge. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of fear leaving a career that you've been in for that long. So, or there can be, especially if you were to just do it overnight. So that's hard to do. Fear. And also in my case, there was a lot of shame because I was leaving a traditional career in organizational psychology and I learned how to master energy. And I was afraid that people would judge me, which of course hasn't happened, but that was a fear as well. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask if people did end up judging you. They didn't. And that's a good lesson for people to hear too, is people don't always react like we think they're going to. No. And the voice in our head, the inner critic is often harsher than external critics, than people out there. I think we are genuinely our own worst enemy. And had I listened to that voice, uh, I'd still be stuck in a career that was making me really miserable. So it's important to listen to (laughs) to your voice. Yeah. So at a high level overview, so you went to this three-day workshop and then you started practicing or doing something with yourself. So tell us about that. What is it that you do now? Yeah. So I enrolled and I've actually, I've done three levels of energy mastery and it took 18 months to do. And basically it's been a, it was a really intense 18 months. I learned how in the first tranche, I learned how to read energy. Most people would know the chakra system and hands-on healing. I learned that. I learned how to heal across timelines, which is interesting because a lot of our wounds start when we are in our childhood. So I've learned how to do that. And also I've learned how to clear intergenerational wounds and blocks. So if you think of it from a psychological perspective, if our parents, grandparents, and ancestors don't heal themselves, they get passed down to us. And it's the same with energy blocks. So I've learned how to do that as well. So that's really nifty. And then in the third level, really just deepening the practice. So it's more than hands-on healing, but it starts with hands-on healing. And when you say it starts with hands-on healing, is that literally in person or can it be remote? 
no, most of the time is remote. So most of my clients are remote because I work with clients all over the world. Somebody in Sydney came to me about a month ago and because I live in Sydney and wanted, I said, are you sure you don't want a road? No, no, they wanted to leave their house. They've got young kids. They wanted to actually get away from all of that. So that understandable. So they came to me. I landed up actually doing the healing in a different room because when I work, think about it, you're lying down and I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm going over your chakras and doing, it's distracting for you. And so it's actually easier for all concerned if I'm not in the same room as you. And I've got sacred geometry that allows or tools that allow me to house the other person's energetic body in a particular structure that so that I can work on it. And I know that sounds all esoteric <laughs> as I just said that, but yeah, it works. It works really well. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to come back to that in just a minute because you mentioned at the energy blocks being passed on generations. And I think that's important too. But how does a person know if they're dealing with energy blocks? You know, what are the signs of having energy blocks? Love that question. So I think the easiest way to know you've got an energy block is if you've got a repetitive pattern, something that you haven't been able to shake through other means. So for example, in my case, because I was in psychology for so many years, I was also in, I was with a therapist. I worked with a therapist for most of my adult life and I knew myself really well, but I couldn't shift my anxiety. I just couldn't do it. Like no matter how much therapy I had. So if you've got patterns, they're repetitive, you've tried other things, chances are you've got an energy block. So anxiety was mine, but you know, for some people it's chronic loneliness. For other people, it is an inability to kind of hold down a job or make money. For others, it is um, chronic procrastination. I see that a lot. There are so many things, but it can be anything, but the answer is typically in the pattern. If there's okay. a pattern and you can't shift it, you probably have an energy block. So could it be a pattern like someone always thinks they're going to lose their job for some reason and they always end up losing jobs or yes. they can't make enough money or do you see a lot of money blocks? Interestingly, not so much in my clientele, but it's interesting. But I would I would have thought that that's what I have worked with a couple of people, but it's not a big one. One of the things that I work with a lot, which is embedded in the first example you gave, is self-sabotaging behavior. Okay. So people, if you think you're going to lose your job and then you're obviously doing things unconsciously, you lose your job, it sets up a self-reinforcing pattern. So there's a block underneath there that needs to be addressed. Self-sabotage is a big one. People come to me for that all the time. Like they want so badly, they know that they are their own worst enemy, but they just can't seem to stop it. So we go into the root of the block. I look at its inception point. How did that come about? And then I release and remove the root. And is it important to find the source of how it started? It is important to me. I don't have to know exactly how it started, but I've got to feel the block. Because if I don't release the block, then it's a band-aid approach. Then the same issue is going to come up. So the reason why this methodology that I use works so permanently is because I'm working at the inception point. I absolutely could just, I could not work at the inception point. What would happen is you'd feel temporarily better and then the same patterns would kick off again. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Great. <laughs> and you were talking about sacred geometry as part of your methodology. How does that work? When I think of sacred geometry, I think of a design that I've seen. Is that what you're referring to? It is. They're divine patterns and structures that are found throughout nature and in the human body. They actually, they can be described as God's language. That's one of their definitions because the whole universe is constructed according to these divine patterns. So just think about what a snowflake looks like. Or the, have you ever looked at the center of a flower? It's got these perfect geometric shapes and patterns. Honeycomb is just hexagon upon hexagon upon hexagon. So they're everywhere. They're in, you know, look at a spider's web. Right. It's just perfect divine proportions and dimensions. In the human body, our DNAs are perfect spirals. Our cells are spheres could go on and on. So the theory is that each of these structures has an energetic frequency, different ones that can be used for different things. So different sacred geometries can be used for different healing purposes. Some are really great to protect your energy, which I think is hugely underrated, especially in the world we live in today. There are geometries you can use to protect yourself from absorbing other people's negative energy. There are other geometries that are used to heal at a DNA level, other geometries that are used for kind of timeline to go back to that childhood inception point. So each one has got a complex pattern that gives rise to an energetic frequency that is used for healing. And that's how I use it. Now, Reiki, most people know what Reiki is. They use simpler geometries, but they use sacred geometries as well. So it's a very powerful way of what the geometry does is it not only heals, but it acts as an adapter. So it allows you to channel divine energy so that you can heal without feeling completely exhausted, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so you're using patterns to heal patterns. That's a really great perspective. That is also, I'd never actually thought of that. Yes. So in my head, I'm seeing that there's a pattern that is like a dysfunctional pattern. And then the vibration of the good pattern, whatever it is you're using, is coming in and like straightening it out or something like that. No, that's a nice way of describing it. It's a really nice way because you know that high vibrational energy always, it's got a higher frequency. It's always going to trump lower vibration, lower frequency. So that's actually a really interesting way of describing it. Yeah. 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 So someone comes to you for something. Is it multiple sessions? Is it potentially done in one or is that rare? So because I clear at the root, you typically don't need more than three sessions. Like I've got packages and the most I could go to is three sessions. Uh Now, typically, you know, I can clear one to three sessions. I had somebody come to me not so long ago, maybe three, four weeks ago, a 60-year-old man who um, who, was in therapy and who realized he had been sexually abused as an eight-year-old. So 52 years have passed. And he had this kind of realization this had happened to him. And I actually thought we'd be working together for maybe six months because those kind of traumatic things can take a while to dislodge because they permeate everywhere. Honestly, Karen, it took a session and I was blown away. He was blown away. So we had the session. He had quite a transcendent experience in the session. Wow. And then I said to him, look, you might dip because the energy is coming to the surface and leaving. It's been with you for decades. He did. He had four days of feeling depressed, anxious, flat, all of that stuff. 
And then he popped out of that and he said he has felt, actually spoke to him last Friday. He feels a lightness that he has not felt. He cannot record it. He said everything has changed. His relationship to his wife, his relationship to colleagues at work. We don't need another session for now. So it can be very, very quick. And my intention is to once and done. But I can't say that that's always the case. Like I worked with someone with quite severe mental health challenges, and that took about six months, about twice a week to get this person's medication down. Like he's feeling a lot better, his medication's much, so he's not like in a zombie-like state anymore. That took a while. So it, it really just, it depends on the depth, but it also depends on how open the person is. Yeah. So yeah, all of this helps. And it doesn't matter if it's a physical condition or you just mentioned you did some mental or some, you know, trauma. So it doesn't matter what aspect of the person. Like if I have a, I don't know, not a broken leg, but a weak something. That I could certainly help with. So I've learned sacred geometry for physical healing. Having said that, I come from a long line of medical doctors myself, my late grandfather, my late father, my brother, everyone's just doctors. And so I have a healthy respect for modern medicine. And I've had a couple of people come to me for physical stuff. For example, somebody came to me who was going to go through chemotherapy. They'd just been diagnosed with cancer, quite an aggressive form of cancer. And what they wanted was like, I would never say to them, no, 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 don't go through chemotherapy. Go through chemotherapy. But what I did was really ready their body for invasive surgery and for the rigors of chemotherapy. Somebody else came to me who was going for their second gastric bypass surgery. And of course, I could work on the root of the issue, giving rise to, you know, eating challenges. But what I did was I readied her body to get it into pristine shape to prepare for this grueling surgery. So that's how I use it. But I do a lot of healing on minor things. Like, you know, if I have a headache, I'll do a healing and my headaches go. Because actually headaches are stuck energy. But, you know, I do do it, but I also am very, I'm someone who believes in an integrated approach, a holistic approach. And that's what I always tell my clients. Right. I think that's great to be able to support the body with, with this energy healing. So you call it energy mastery. That's what you call it. Well, it's energy healing. I do do energy okay. healing, but in my coaching programs, it's energy mastery because I'm not just healing them. I'm teaching them tools to do it for themselves as well, which is very cool. So I'm teaching people how to master the energy. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. It is. So when you're teaching the people, when you have a session, you're helping heal them and teaching them, do they start to learn the patterns that they need to use for the blocks they're having? So my coaching sessions, the minimum is like four to six sessions. And typically that's actually enough. So it's not a one-sort. Right. Okay. So what, what we do is we spend the first session really understanding the thing that's holding them back the most. And what I'll typically do is we'll uncover the block or the thing that they want to heal. And then I'll do my first healing on them. And then we'll kind of go from there. It's quite fluid. But after the first session, after I've done the initial release, I'll teach them whatever tools they need. So for example, this person, somebody might have struggled to maintain a high vibrational frequency. So I'll teach them how to interrupt energetic dips, for example. That might be their theme. For others, it might be shielding or protection. For others, it might be 
I might even teach them how to clear blocks themselves, depending on how advanced they are. So I give them tools and techniques all the way through because my goal is the client must be able to manage their own themselves and they can't be dependent on a third party forever. That makes sense. So why do you suppose you're so passionate about this? Why are you teaching people to do this? That's such a lovely question. I'm passionate about it because energy is everything. Energy runs the show. And if we've got a mindset block, if we've got an emotional block, if we've got an identity block, doesn't matter what it is. If you distill it, it's actually energy. Everything is energy. So if you want to really make tangible change in your life, the most efficient way of doing that is to work at the energetic root. I know that from my own experience, having sat in therapy for 20 years, talking about the same things versus healing deep set anxiety within a year. Yeah, interesting. Hello, beautiful souls. It's Karen again. Today, I have something special for those of you that are looking to infuse your days with a routine that brings you positive energy, peace, connection to self. If you've ever wanted to start a daily spiritual practice, but you have felt daunted by the idea, you're not alone in that. And I understand that setting aside hours for meditation or self-reflection just isn't feasible in our busy lives. So that's why I've created a guide that's tailored just for you. It's simple, effective, and the best part is it takes less than 10 minutes a day. So you don't need to overthink or overwhelm yourself. This is just about opening your heart and mind to small, powerful practices that are going to help bring immense positive changes. In this guide, you're going to find easy, accessible ways, and you get to pick the best way for you to connect with self, with soul, with the world around you. So if you are ready to begin a journey that nourishes your soul, that brings you closer to the oneness of life, visit RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N podcast.com and look for the box that says change your life with a simple daily routine. It's completely free and it's a wonderful first step towards a more fulfilled and connected life. Now back to the podcast for more insights and inspiration. Yeah. So speaking of patterns, I like to look at coincidences and synchronicities and see you know, maybe they have meaning in life, maybe they don't, depending on what happens. But I feel like sometimes they can be patterns, you know, when there's a coincidence. Sometimes it's a pattern that's repeating, sometimes it's not. But I feel we need to get out of our, I guess, our stuck patterns, our rut patterns to be exposed to things. Do you have any experience or like a coincidence or synchronistic story that relates to all this? Oh, I have so many of them. And I just like for me personally, I choose not to use the word coincidences. I use the word synchronicities because they're not random. You know, they are by design, which is what you were saying. Oh, I've had so many of them. And I actually sometimes I ask specifically for them. Oh, you do? Oh, I certainly do. I certainly do. I mean, when was it? July last year. And I know that because I had friends out staying from New Zealand. They were out here. And I asked for a sign, a specific sign, because I wanted to know whether I was on the right path in a particular area of my journey. So I asked them sign. Sign was a white feather. And I then maybe two days later, maybe it was three days later, friends were there. We were at the beach and this young child came running up to us with a white feather. (laughs) 
Yeah, I have that all the time. I mean, I asked for another sign in another juncture and I thought, you know what, white feathers are easy. Let me ask to see rabbits or hares, you know? And it was unbelievable what came. I was actually down at the beach the one day. There was a group of people talking about rabbits. Oh. There was some somebody posted on the community Facebook page that they'd lost their pet rabbit. I was watching an episode on Netflix and there was like a fleeting scene that was in a, a vet and somebody was at the front desk taking their pet rabbit home. It was just everywhere. So that kind of stuff is really important to listen to. So I ask and then sometimes it just happens more organically. Like, I don't know, three years ago, I was at another juncture and I had a fleeting thought about a woman who I worked with 20 years before, if not more than 20 years. I hadn't thought of her in those 20 years. Nobody I knew had spoken about her. She just came to mind. That was on a Sunday. On Monday, that woman was literally walking up my driveway. She was lost. Now, that's a sign, right? Yeah, it is a sign. (laughs) I mean, and it sounds random, but I know it's not random because she must have been putting energy out there if she showed up in your driveway. I mean, isn't that incredible? I had another experience. I've actually got a photo of it, maybe, I don't know, a few years ago. And it actually was another Sunday. A lot happens on Sundays for me. And I was at home and I was just journaling. I, was, and I, was, I wasn't in a great place. I was just journaling because I love journaling. And I wrote, my last sentence was, how do I learn to trust? Went outside onto the deck, looked up. And you know, you've got those aeroplanes that paint words in the sky, you know? Yeah. Trust. No. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. I've got a photograph of it. I could even show you. I, it was extraordinary. I actually yelped out loud. I couldn't believe what was going on. That's crazy. Yeah. So you've got to be attuned to it because the universe is talking to us all the time. It really is. And there's divine messaging coming to us and you just have to be alive to it and act on it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I love those stories. And you're right. You know, we have to be aware. We have to, you know, if we're not paying attention, if we're just head down going through the day, then all this, I don't know, I like to call it magic too. All this magic is out there, you know, just waiting for us to pay attention to it. Absolutely, Karen. Yeah. That's fabulous. Thank you. So tell me, because as I talk about, you know, a lot of people are just getting through the day, feel like they don't have enough time for anything. How can they prioritize their own healing, their own well-being with just all that's going on in their life? Great question. And you don't have to sit and meditate for an hour a day. You don't have to learn, you know, radical techniques. A lot happens by intention. So if you work with the power of intention, and that could be prayer for some people, in my case, it's not, but settings, intentions, and you do that from an authentic, high vibrational state, it's quite interesting how things can change. And I'm a very big believer of let's make this as efficient as possible for people. And sleep is an ideal opportunity for people to heal in a really efficient way. So I always talk about this. I mean, I've been working with dreams and sleep for decades, but honestly, what it takes is for you just before going to sleep, get into a pure state. And just set an intention. Tonight, as I sleep, I set the intention to release the biggest block holding me back. And you can say that for seven nights in a row, 21 nights in a row, and then pay attention to your dreams. Document one comes up the next morning. 
that is for me the most simplest because we all dream simplest way yeah. and you don't have to do anything it requires next to nothing on our part as efficient as it gets that's intention setting so if they document their dreams what would they do with them then then they'd learn to see pattern uh-huh and then they would learn to understand if I dream about this, it means that. And it takes a while. Like I've been working with dreams for 30 years and I'm giving away my age. <laughs> but it's, it's a discipline. Yeah. It's a discipline. It's a practice. So you, like anything, like yogis don't learn to stand on their heads first day. Same with dreams. You just got to keep practicing. Now I've got to a point where I have a dream. It's actually a very fleeting memory of the dream. I know in one second, what it means, and that's it. I don't have to actually revisit the whole dream, but that takes practice. So look for patterns and feel into what the dream might mean for you. Just feel into it and you'll know when you get the answer. Yeah, that's great. And that is easy. Set the intention when you're going to bed. Set the intention before sleep. Do it from a a quiet place. You've got to be in state. So just sit quietly, ask a heartfelt intention, and then go to sleep. See what happens. Nice. Now, this is going to be airing, you know, the very beginning of 2024. So what do you have available to help people coming up? Tell us, where can people find you on the internet? What kind of classes or specials or what do you have going on? Oh, that's great. Okay. Um, That's a great time to air this because everyone comes back from holidays with with all of these New Year's resolutions. (laughs) Yeah. I have actually a really lovely group program that I am launching towards the end of January. So it's for people who want more than just a once-off healing session, but less than a traditional coaching session. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. It's four weeks, four sessions. It's done in a group context. You get two healings and deep healings, and then I do two activations. One is to activate your intuition. The second one is, it's called a future self activation. I bring the energy of your future self and help you embody that, which is really great for manifestation. And each session is constructed with a little bit of light touch theory, so like some group conversation. And then I do a healing or an activation, one of the two. And it's 90 minutes once a week for four weeks. And I think it's going to meet a broad sector of the population because you get to really heal, but you don't have to learn to do it yourself like a, in a coaching set. You just actually, you just need to show up. Show up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also done in a group context, so it's much more affordable. Okay, fabulous. And how would people reach you? Best way, yeah, probably Instagram is the best okay. way, Karen. Um, Gabrielle.pinstone. I, I do have a Facebook page that could follow me there, but... I think Instagram, I'm just becoming more active on it and I DM a lot. So if you want to reach out to me, go for it. And the other thing I offer people is if you're thinking about it or just interested in any way, I offer a half an hour visioning session. It's free. And I take you through a series of questions to help you get clear on what you should be working on. And then if you want to work with me, we do discuss options, but it's absolutely obligation free. I'm kind of probably a little bit too ethical in that regard, but it's really just a, it's an opportunity for you to get clear. And if you want to work with me, we talk about that at the end. Sounds very valuable. Yeah. Half hour free session. That sounds wonderful. There will be in the show notes, all the links to everything, but for people that are listening, they can't click on anything when they're on their podcast listening. 
And then one last thing, we're going to wrap up here. One last thing before we go. What do you wish everyone knew? If there was one thing you could shout out to the world, what would that be? I love that question. I think I am shouting it out. It's like energy runs the show. It is the most expedient way of getting out of feeling stuck. It is the both the invisible handbrake or the accelerant of your life. And really, it, it is the most expedient way to get there. I wish I knew this 20 years ago. Oh, man, me too. Yeah, we need to reach the young people. We do, and we need to reach education as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I enjoyed hearing about this, a, a new technique that I've never heard, and I will certainly look into the group coming up at the end of the month. So thank you for being here. And thank you so much for having me, Karen. Even though this isn't your topic, it, the, the conversation flowed, and it was lovely and enjoyable for me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you say, it's all energy. I mean, I agree completely. We're all connected. It's all connectedness. Absolutely. So thank you. And to the listeners, goodbye. I I will see you again next week. Hope to connect soon. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.